Hey everybody and welcome to the very first To the Ends of the Earth podcast and I'm really happy to tell you that today we'll be talking about three points concerning missions work. I'd like to talk to us all about the practice of missions work, the passion behind missions work, and the perspective of missions work. First let's talk about the practice because with missions work there's a right and a wrong way to do it. Just like there is anything, there's a right and a wrong way to do things. And in missions work, what we should be doing and what we should be endeavoring to doing is not going on a vacation. With, while there's nothing wrong with uh, getting some souvenirs and taking some nice uh, pictures of scenery, there's nothing wrong with that. But a missions trip or missions work should not be a vacation. But a missions work should be to fulfill the Great Commission as outlined by God in the Bible. And so you say, what is that? Well, it's going, it's teaching, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, and teaching them to observe all things that God had commanded the disciples. In other words, to disciple them after they have been led to Christ. And so when we're going on a mission trip or when we're doing missions work long term, if we are not proclaiming the gospel, if we're not baptizing them, if we're not discipling them, if we're not teaching them, educating them in the things of God, then we are not doing missions work. We might be doing humanitarian work. We might be taking a vacation, like I had previously said, but we're not doing missions work. And so while I mentioned humanitarian work, I should also note that while humanitarian work in itself is not missions work, it is important that we couple, while we're doing missions work, it's important that while we're proclaiming the gospel that we also do all we can to meet the needs of believers and unbelievers. You say, why is that? Because as James tells us in chapter 2 of his the book that the Lord wrote through him, that if we don't have works... If we don't have good works, if we're not doing good things, if we're not doing Christ-like things, then our faith is dead. And so how can we expect people to get saved through our ministries? Although I believe that the Lord can use an instrument, because if uh, he, some people said, well, God if can use a donkey, he can use anything. Well, uh, honestly, if God can use Balaam, then he can use anything. But if we're going to be really effective, and if we're going to, hopefully see people get saved and led to, to salvation through the working of the Holy Spirit in their lives, then we can't have dead faith. Our faith can't be dead. We must be alive in Christ if we expect others to come alive in Christ. It's not that they need us to be saved, but if we're going to minister, being saved is obviously the very first requirement. And so James says, if a brother or sister be naked or destitute of daily food, and none of you say unto them to and, or I'm sorry, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, and be ye warmed and filled. Notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And so if we have the power in our hands to meet their physical needs, then we need to do that for them, because it shows them that our faith is alive. And not only that, if we do that, then it's way more likely that we will have the right attitude about missions work. That missions work isn't just about going and preaching to people. While, yes, that is extremely important and arguably 
the most important part, we should also meet people's physical needs because it shows them, at least it should, that we care, which brings us to our second point, our passion behind missions work. Because like anything, there's a right way to do things, and there's a wrong way, but just as important as it is to do things the right way, it's important to do things with the right attitude and for the right reasons. Because in the Gospels, we don't just read about Christ and what he did, how he taught and how he preached and how he healed people and cast out demons, but we also read about how he did it. And with what attitude he did it in Luke, or in, I'm sorry, in Matthew chapter number nine and verse thirty-five, we read, "And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people." But in verse thirty-six, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. In verse 37 and 38, it says, Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And so while Jesus was doing all these great things, it shows us that he was doing them with compassion. He was doing them for the right reasons. And after he looked upon them with compassion and was moved with compassion, he made the statement that the harvest truly is plenty, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors into his harvest. And so if God, if Christ, if the reason he called us and sent us into this mission field was because he had compassion on these dying and perishing souls, should not we have compassion? If we really want to be like Christ... Shouldn't we not only want to preach, but should we not also have a compassion about us for the people we're preaching and ministering to? Because if we're really going to be Christ-like, it's not going to just be Christ-like works that we display, but it will be a Christ-like spirit and a Christ-like attitude that we will have while we're doing them. It's a, um, this podcast isn't about this, however, it's very interesting to note that there's a lot of people who say they're filled with the Holy Ghost, and yet the fruits of the Spirit are difficult sometimes to find in them. If you are really overflowing, if you are baptized, if you're saturated in the Holy Spirit, then the fruits of the Spirit should be something that are readily seen and displayed in your life. Not that you'd be a showboat, not that you're being as a Pharisee and praying in the street or blowing a trumpet when you're giving in the offering. But if you are truly a child of God and you're truly filled with the Holy Ghost, the fruits of Spirit should be easily seen in your life. But I'm sadly, that's, I, 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 that's not always the case, and I wish it wasn't. But in Matthew 14, we also see that going back to humanitarian work and missions work, that if you have compassion on them, you will meet their physical needs. Because in Matthew 14, we read how Jesus fed 5,000 people, and he did it. Because he had compassion on them, that they wouldn't faint in the way, or that they, he would give them food, so that their physical need would be met, would be met, not just their spiritual need of him teaching. It was met with him teaching, but their physical need would be met as well. And so, also, I'd like to talk lastly 
about the perspective for missions work or the perspective we should have while doing missions work. You know, I said one time before that there's one thing that changes everything about life. And yes, God God does change everything about life. Jesus, um, who is God, but also perspective. Because when you change your perspective, everything can change. And it's not just not just in missions work, but in life in general. When you change your perspective to the right perspective, everything changes for the good. I hope you already have a, the right perspective, but if you don't, I'd like to submit to you that the right perspective for life and the right perspective in doing missions work is simply this. It's eternity. I like to call it the eternal perspective. Because if you're doing missions work and you don't have an internal perspective, you could be blindsided and disappointed because people don't respond the way you wish they would, that not enough people seem to be getting saved, that people seem ungrateful for what you're doing and for your sacrifices, that people may seem to not understand you. And all the while you're doing that, if you are doing things with the with a perspective that is not eternal, you could look at these things and these disappointments and you could be tempted to go back, not do the work at all, or in defeat, do the work half-heartedly because you're looking at the temporal, you're looking at the here and now instead of the then and there. Because when you do things for the eternal perspective, if you're doing things with, the eternal, with an eternal perspective, you're no longer doing things for people. Yes, you're doing them because you, these works because you want people saved, but you're ultimately doing it for eternity and for God. You're doing it so that these people will not just be happy now, but that, that they would escape hell and escape the bondage of sin so that they could be with God, with God in heaven for eternity. You know, one person once said that the, in the grand scheme of things, missions work is not the greatest good or missions work isn't the most important thing. Because at the end of time, when everyone's been judged and everything's been said and done, missions work will no longer remain. Because missions work is only a means to proclaim the gospel. And once everything's said and done, the gospel will not need to be spread. It will be over. Things Everyone will either be saved or they will be in eternal punishment in hell. It's one or the other. But... The one thing that will remain, besides God and besides our souls, will be worship and glory. And so the purpose of life is not doing missions work. It's not doing these things, but the purpose of life is the glory of God. And so when we're doing missions work, we should have two eternal, uh, two eternal goals. Number one, to bring glory to God. And number two to lead people to Christ so they could be saved and so they too could bring glory to God. And so I would like to end this podcast in prayer. Thank you so much for listening. I hope it was edifying. I hope you can glean some information for it and it helps you in your life and your ministry. But let's pray. Lord, thank you for this day and you've blessed it, that you bless us with. Thank you for this podcast. God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord to do your works the right way, God, and that you'd help us do it with the right attitude. I pray you'd give us the right perspective while we do them, Lord, that we'd remember that we're not doing them for the people around us, Lord, but we're doing them for you, God, and for their good and for your glory. 
Thank you so much for all you've blessed us with, God. I pray you take this and let it be edifying. In your name, Jesus. Amen.